You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Today is Tuesday, August 2nd. We're talking Pirates baseball today with our Pirates reporter, Adam Barry. Adam, thank you so much for the time, as always. And uh, we're talking trade deadline, of course, Adam, and uh, the Pirates among a handful of teams are very active. But the Pirates active in a, to a different degree than most other teams, I feel, because, you know, when it comes to the trade deadline, the saying is that you want to be a buyer or a seller, but never both. But I think that's kind of what the Pirates were when you look at the the overall scope of what Neil Huntington did. But in my opinion, given the Pirates' stat, uh, status as a contending team, but one with uh, limited financial resources, that's, of course, not a secret or breaking news by any means. But was this the right strategy to both buy and sell to make moves with an eye towards both the present and the future? You know, it's hard to say for now if it, if it was the right strategy just because, you know, you don't know how some of these deals are going to pan out in the long term. But when you look at where they are in the standings after that pretty bad sweep uh, against the Brewers in Miller Park over the weekend, you know, they were one game over 500. They were essentially out of the NL Central race. I think it's pretty fair to say that at this point. Uh, if it wasn't fair to say so a little while ago, and the wild card, you know, they're still behind a couple of teams. They're three and a half, four games out. I don't think, uh, you know, the, the difference in what they gave away versus what they got back uh, is what's going to keep them out of the, the wild card race. You know, if they're going to make that, it's going to be because guys like Andrew McCutcheon, Josh Harrison, Jung Ho Gung, John Jaso, the list goes on, bounce back, you know, and the rotation gives them uh, what they need. You know, it's not going to be because, uh, you know, Francisco Liriano was going to get it done or, you know, the, the drop-off between Mark Melanson and Felipe Rivero was really going to be the, the big difference down the stretch. So I, I think, you know, this it's been perceived a little bit, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh and maybe nationally as the Pirates kind of giving up on the season. I don't think that's the case. I think they do still want to win, but I think they may have retrenched a little bit in some of the things they did, specifically the kind of controversial Francisco Liriano trade. Um, you know, the Mark Melanson deal, people can kind of understand from a baseball perspective. It's something this team has done before. The Liriano trade is just so unusual looking that I think it, it throws some people off guard. But, you know, they're still contending for a wild card spot. They still have the talent in place, uh, you know, to go after and get it. And they have added at least a couple of pieces, uh, you know, upgraded minorly in a couple of areas where they feel like they can uh, – you know, be in a better position to do that. Yeah, well said. It's definitely uh, it's not a black and white, cut and dry situation with the Pirates. You know, given where they are in the standings, and you brought up that very highly disappointing sweep at the hands of a Milwaukee of all teams, who just you know sold off a bunch of parts themselves. So the Pirates now, as of this discussion, one game over 500. And I think you know the average baseball fan they see you know Pirates trade Mark Melanson, they trade Francisco Liriano. Those are two big names. And it's easy to perceive that, you know what, they're giving up. They're waving the white flag. Not quite the case, uh, you know, like like you just detailed. That's definitely a balancing act right now. But, Adam, I want to break down that Melanson trade a little bit further. I think, you know, even though the Liriano one perhaps caught more people off guard, this one was still something of a surprise, I, I think, to some degree. Uh, first of all, how do you grade the return that the Pirates got back from the Nationals and that deal? And the second part is, I know the Pirates have faith that uh, Tony Watson can uh, slide seamlessly into that ninth inning role. I don't doubt that, but is he the long-term answer in that position or just the answer for now? No, I think Tony Watson is the answer for, for this season and next season. He's a guy who we've seen as a closer in waiting for quite some time. Uh, he has the stuff. He has the durability. He definitely has the temperament, I think, to handle that role. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of question in the Pirates clubhouse about 
uh, you know, his ability to do that. There was some, you know, you know, doubt, I guess you would say, disappointment maybe that a team that says it's contending for a wild card spot or a playoff spot would trade its closer, its all-star closer. Um, but, you know, this is a trade the Pirates have essentially made before. It's kind of how they got Mark Melanson in the first place when they traded Joel Hanrahan to Boston. And one of the guys they got back was a young, controllable re- reliever by the name of Mark Melanson. And this time they traded Melanson, you know, a pending free agent at the end of the season for the big return was a young, controllable reliever, left-hander who throws real hard, has really good stuff by the name of Felipe Rivero from the Nationals. So he was the big haul. He's going to be uh, under club control for five seasons after this one. Some scouts have said that he has closer stuff, uh, so perhaps he could be the long-term answer in the closer role. And then in that trade, they also got a young left-handed starter named Taylor Hearn. Uh, he's, you know, maybe a bottom low 20s prospect in the Pirates system, but you know, good stuff, projectable, uh, you know, somebody you could see down the line uh, in the rotation many years to come or potentially another trade chip if they if they want to head in that direction. But I think the Melanson trade, like I said, people kind of understood because it's we've seen this form of trade before, not only recently in baseball, but specifically with the Pirates, and it's what brought the Melanson. So that one was a little bit of an easier sell both I think, in the clubhouse and to the fan base. And that's a great reminder of just how the Pirates did acquire Mark Melanson at one point in time because I had completely forgotten that uh, he was not only with the Red Sox at one point, but he was uh, kind of a disaster with them. Uh, He just did not take to that environment, uh, to the AL East, and people thought, you know, this guy has no value. But lo and behold, he, you know, goes to the, the National League, a new team, new pitching coach, new environment, voila turns into one of baseball's our premier relievers so hopefully the Mm -hmm. lightning can strike twice again uh with the pirates this time trading melanson uh to the washington nationals and of course i want to get your thoughts on uh liriano too because uh like you said that was the bigger surprise of the two it's been interesting the last few weeks with liriano because uh three starts ago i believe in late july had that outstanding start against milwaukee 13 strikeouts and no walks i think was the more impressive part because he leads baseball and walks allowed but then he reverted back to his uh, struggling self in these two most recent starts one of those against milwaukee and mm-hmm. what turned out to be his last start uh, in a pirate uniform but my question for you is uh you know was neil huntington kind of shopping him all along even when he turned in that outstanding 13k no walk performance or was the thought process you know what he's turned the corner I want to hang on to this guy, but then things kind of went south with these last two starts, and then the decision was made to kind of ship him out of town. Which which of it was more? I think they've been looking for a little while now uh, for a place to, to land Liriano just because of the way he struggled early on. Uh, you know, for so much of the season now, it's been, what, just about four months that he hasn't been the guy that he was in 2013 2000 to 2015. And, you know, Huntington said on a conference call after – uh, you know, the trade was made, that they had some really good internal debate about whether they thought, you know, Liriano was going to be that guy or the guy that he's been this season. And ultimately, you can tell based on the fact that they were so eager to uh, trade him that they included two top 10 prospects in the deal. They thought he was going to be this guy. You know, the league may have figured some things out with him, you know, that he was just not in a place where they could get him back to who he was uh, in the previous couple of years. So, you know, it would have made sense all along, I think, to, to shop Liriano just because, you know, it's a little bit of a big contract by the Pirates, you know, pretty meager standards of what they're able to do with their payroll. Um, you know, he's got another year and two months left on that deal. You could see somebody even potentially buying low 
uh, on Liriano just because of the potential that he had. That didn't actually turn out to be the case. I think the rest of the league might agree with the Pirates' assessment of the way Liriano was trending because my understanding of the situation is they could only find one team uh, that was willing to take on his entire contract, and that was the Toronto Blue Jays, who, you know, in giving up Drew Hutchison, the right-hander the Pirates got back in return, you know, Pittsburgh also had to include these two pretty good prospects. We can talk about that a little bit more, but, you know, two name top ten in their system uh, prospects. Essentially, you know, you could look at it as one for Hutchison and another one uh, for the Blue Jays being willing to take on Liriano's entire contract. So it's a really complicated trade. It's not one that has gone over particularly well in Pittsburgh so far, but Ultimately, when you look at how does it affect the Pirates' chances in 2016, they traded away arguably the worst starter in baseball this year. So how does replacing him with Ivan Nova, you know, does that make the rotation worse? I don't know. It's hard to say what you would have gotten from Liriano down the stretch or what you will get from Nova. So I'm going to I'm gonna hold back on, on judging that trade too bad until we see how Nova does, how Liriano does, and how the two prospects ultimately uh, pan out down the stretch. You know, it's it's interesting. I think that uh, in this day and age in baseball, you know, we see it not just with the Pirates, but with the other 29 teams in the league. I think that there's so much, you know, familiarity now with prospects because of all <laughs> the all the hype and all the attention and all the things that we know about these guys who are, you know, some of them can barely shave. They're 17, 18 years old, but we get so attached to them because right. of all the the wonderful information we get from our our guys here at MLB.com with, a, you know, the Jim Callises and Jonathan mm-hmm. Mayos of the world. And it feels like, you know, at no point before did we ever feel so attached or knew so much about these young guys as we do now. Do you think that's the reason why, you know, again, this trade is announced and not only do we have to give away Liriano, but we got to give away uh, two promising prospects to make this deal go through. And fans are upset about that. I would think that maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, you don't get that kind of reaction because we don't know who these kids are, but now you feel like they're a part of your family. Do you agree with that? Uh, some of it is that I think just, you know, that, and I'm just as guilty of this probably as anybody else that I could say, you know, these were two of the Pirates' top 10 prospects. You know, they're, they're two of the top 10 guys on a list. And I think even, you know, Jonathan Mayo, who does the Pirate system, might say that their stock has fallen because that is my understanding, the sense in the industry. You know, Harold Ramirez might be. Jose Tabata, that doesn't sound all that great. <laughs> Reese McGuire might be a backup catcher who can't hit all that well. That doesn't sound like somebody you can absolutely part with. You know, got to clutch on, you know, with a vice grip to keep him in your system. But the real part of this, and I think the reason it's being perceived the way that it is, is because the Pirates have been really protective, you know, and kind of always pointing to their farm system. You know, they say that this is the way they have to, uh, you know, go about their business is with prospects, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, bringing them up through the system and filtering them into the major league team or bringing them up through the system and using them to trade for major league talent. In this case, you're not really fully using both of them to trade for major league talent. You're using them for salary relief and for a guy who, Drew Hutchison, who is not actually going to go into their rotation after this trade. He's going to go to AAA probably at least for a month uh, because if he spends another month there, he'll be eligible for another year of team control. So it's that it's not... They're trading prospects, but it wasn't necessarily done to win now, which I think has upset some fans. And I think that part is maybe a little bit fair just based on the perception of the Pirates being this sort of draft and develop team. And then this is what you know, you're know you using your prospects to do in some ways, a little bit of a salary dump. Yeah, it's it's something of an emotional process at times, uh, you know, <laughs> for the fans, uh, given 
how attached or unattached you get to certain prospects. And then mm-hmm. there's the part of it, like you said, about, you know, uh, financial relief and team control. And there's a lot of factors that go into it. And it's often, you know, the, the saying goes that these prospects are lottery tickets. And, you, I mean, you, yeah. you just don't know. You just don't know the guys that are – you take a look back at the – you know, the top five draft draft picks from 10 years ago, how many of them panned out? One, maybe two, I don't know. But that's right. the nature of the beast, you know? Well, it's, it's such a complicated trade, and, you know, the, the knee-jerk reaction you want to have when you see something like this and you see the tweet that comes across, and it's Francisco Liriano, Harold Ramirez, and Reese McGuire for Drew Hutchison. And, you, you know, the natural reaction there is, well, hey, we're not getting enough. It, you know, and for some reason that leads to this idea that, you know, the front office isn't doing its research or they don't know what it would cost or they didn't try to exhaust all their options. I've talked with a lot of people in the industry with the Pirates over the last couple of weeks. They are exhaustive more so than a lot of teams I've seen with the way that they calculate their plans, you know, with the way that they go through every little possible option and every plan and every sub plan. So it's not like this was something they just rushed into hastily, you know, which is sort of the way that things are perceived when, when fans don't necessarily like them. Uh, you know, this is something they thought through, this is something they worked through, and they thought it was in their best interest long term, and they think it's also in their best short term interest, which is why I point out the thing about Liriano, the worst, you know, arguably the worst starter in baseball this season being out of the rotation. So it's uh, it's something that we can't really rush to judgment on right now. You know, we're going to have to look back on this at the end of the season next year, you know, a couple years down the line. Agreed, and I think uh, you know fans have to take a deep breath sometimes and realize that uh, the amount of research that goes into deals like this, as you said, is exhaustive. It's not like he woke up, Neil Huntington woke up and said, "Hey, you know what? Uh, before lunch, I'm going to do this." Yeah, it's just that's not how it works. Sometimes it's it's months, it's years uh, in planning these things out, and uh, this is what happens. And like you said as well, it could take uh, a few months or even years to really uh, grade the final results. Uh, you know, once we see how everybody pans out or in some cases does not. Uh, Adam, that's a great place to wrap this one up. We appreciate the time as always. That is our Pirates reporter, Adam Barry, joining us on this Tuesday. We'll do it again at this time next week for sure. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Pittsburgh Pirates. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.